Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to Following On. I'm John Norman and I'm delighted to say that every weekday of England's tour of South Africa, we will bring you behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive player interviews, Cape Town colour, brilliant insight from our top team and uh, match highlights. And what a show we have to start off with today as we bring you an interview with England's Joss Butler. And can you guess what player he is talking about here. Yeah, he's probably one of my favourite players in the world at the moment. We cross to South Africa to speak to our man on the ground, Neil Manthorpe, who can hopefully lift the lid on all the recent goings-on within the South African Cricket Board. And you'll hear from Double Ashes winner and all-round legend Steve Harmison, a man who has suffered the classic telltale signs of COVID, only to find out he needs his tonsils out. Let's hope he recovers before England get back underway with three T20s, three ODIs, and a couple of behind-closed-door warm-ups that you will only be able to follow here on TalkSport 2 and across on TalkSport. And if it's as exciting as a series at the start of the year, then we're in for a treat. Here is uh, John John Smutson again, and Jason Roy goes the yes. biggest one of all. Yes. Runs away from us up to the crease now, falls. Oh, bowled him! He's bowled him! Here comes Tom Curran, last ball of the game, and it's paddle swept, and down towards short fine leg, caught by Adil Rashid, and England have won the game by two runs. Hendricks is it, oh goodness me, Jason Roy has just run down the track and has uh, pinned his ears back and swatted it back over long on for six. Victorious in. Oh, that's a huge hit! <laughs> Massive hit for six Woo-hoo! over deep mid-wicket. Right, Ben Stokes means business. He's in. Sheet around the wicket. Miller swings oh, it to the oh, left oh, side. Six more! Balls oh, to cock over deep mid-wicket. Six more! Oh. Morgan goes right yeah. outside off stump and swings it over square leg for six more. It's up in the block hole. South Africa are fielded in a mid-wicket. The underarm throw. It's run out. South Africa 
Well, exciting times. Cricket's back. England haven't played for a couple of months. Talk Sports and Talk Sport 2 will be on the ground in South Africa. Uh, and what a spot it is. Newlands and Bowling Park, the two venues. Essentially, it's Cape Town, people. That's all you need to know. Cape Town uh, in December is a beautiful place to be. Uh, as is Neil Manthorpe's house. We were there at the start of the year eating uh, a huge slab of roast beef. Well, it wasn't roasted. It was on the barbecue. That's how they cook beef in South Africa. Manners, uh, we got the band back together, kind of. Um, listen, we were just talking last week. We did a whole show on following on about the the, the green shoots of cricket, uh, the green shoots of hope springing from South African cricket after a turbulent couple of months. And then within uh, two days, it had all gone um, insert to expletive. Um, just give us, just bring us back up to speed because when we last spoke, the government had got involved. Cricket South Africa seemed to be playing ball. And then I opened my newspaper and uh, it had all gone horribly wrong again. That's right, John. Um, and it's braai, by the way, not barbecue. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It is. Sorry. <laughs> so the, the, the sports minister's involvement was to appoint a nine-man, mostly independent interim board to take over from the disgraced and discredited board that was forced to resign en masse um, a month ago. The Members' Council, which is the highest authority, actually sits in oversight on the board. It comprises the provincial chairman. They promised the sports minister that they would sanction and appoint the interim board, and then they didn't like the work that the interim board had started to do. They didn't like the filing cabinets they were opening and the accounts they were checking, and so they refused. They withdrew their sanctioning of the interim board. It was just about to tee off in the biggest crisis in South African cricket history, and it is a history riven with crises <laughs> over the decades. This was this would have been the biggest one because the members' council were considering the possibility that the England tour would be cancelled by the sports minister, and they were recommended by their lawyers, in-house lawyers, to take the sports minister to court to reclaim the lost revenue of about 70 million rand, just about four and a half million pounds. It was staggering, the depths of insanity to which the members' council had sunk. Anyway, they've been backed into a corner now. The sports minister has said, you know what? You haven't seen me. You haven't seen me flex a muscle just yet. Um, and so they've had no choice. So they have yesterday, reluctantly, with gritted teeth, agreed to the appointment of the interim board. So hopefully we're... <laughs> Back on track. So we're we're all optimistic, are we? Well, no, uh, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm afraid the, the 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 members' council have had their noses put out of joint. These are men and a few women with massive egos, and with a lot to lose personally as well um, in terms of perks and privileges. And also, the head of the interim board believes and has said publicly that they have a massive amount to hide because of uh, what's gone on in the last two or three years of complete and utter maladministration. So when the interim board, as and when the interim board, which is a highly, highly qualified one uh, with some brilliant people, accountants, lawyers, um, all the expertise, the judge is uh, the chairman, retired constitutional court judge. When they start uh, unearthing the skeletons from the closet, and the bones from the bunker, then uh, we'll see just how the members' council react and how comfortable they are to uh, 
to to have to have justice uh, revealed. Wow. And I thought T20 cricket was exciting. It's nothing compared <laughs> to cricket administration. Um, brilliant. Well, look, you brought us up to speed, um, and now we can talk a little bit, of, a little bit of cricket. Um, but first, let's just have a little listen. Uh, promise the listeners uh, an interview with Joss Butler. Here it is, uh, talking with uh, Talksport 2's very own Scott Taylor. Hi, Joss. Yeah, I just want to touch on something James mentioned there about playing in these times and the lack of fans. Do you feel there's more? responsibility as professional sportsmen to put on a show for fans during this time when they can't attend matches as opposed to pre-lockdown? Um, potentially, I think um, you know, when it is, it's obviously more obvious at the ground when, when the crowd is, is there and you're desperate to impress people and, and put on a good show for, for the people who are there. So, um, of course, we're aware that there's going to be millions more watching at, at home and on screen. So um, it's been a tough year for for the majority, um, we're very lucky that we're able to to carry on and sorry one second um, and play um, professional cricket. Um, so we, um, you know, yeah, it's our duty to to play well and, and put on a good show for for the for the guys watching at home. And you come into this tournament off the back of playing in the 2020 IPL. Now, how much of an advantage, if any, was it playing against the likes of Kagisa Robada, Anrik Nokia? And Quinton Ducott during that tournament. Yeah, I think you know those guys you mentioned been around for a while, and we, we've played against them a few times in in different tournaments or different series. So, um, you know, and, and well, the IPL is one of those great things for you get to see see guys close up and play with and against them. So, um, yeah, in international cricket, there's not too many surprises nowadays with the the video that's available around the world. Um, but it's obviously great when you've had. Um, some contests recently so you, you fresh in your mind about certain things that they will come and attack you with and, and how you're going to try and counter them and you look at the t20 squad compared to the odi squad name for this series the likes of ben stokes sam curran joffrey archer all rested for the 50 over format does that show you that the priority for english cricket in the next 12 months is that t20 world cup yeah i think so and, and obviously with such a congested fixture list it's it's always important for um, the ECB to find time for for guys to be able to rest and and get enough time away from the game to to be in a good headspace. So, um, you know, with t sorry two T Twenty World Cups uh, around the corner, um, it seems that the ODIs that just at the moment are the ones that um, guys look to be resting from. And just one final one for me, Joss. I want to talk more about T Twenty cricket in general. You look at the big bash that's coming up in Australia, and you look at the amount of English players playing in them, and it's the likes of. Lewis Gregory, Liam Livingston. It's not the likes of Josh Butler and Ben Stokes playing. So how pleasing is that, that there's so much depth in T20 cricket for England? Yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic for English cricket that um, lots of our players are in high demand in franchise tournaments around the world. I think it shows we've come a long way in, in T20 cricket and how our white ball cricket in this country is viewed, that um, players are, are in high demand. Um, like you say, in the IPL, we had a lot of players in, in that tournament, uh, looking ahead to the big bash, the number of English players going over to play is, is fantastic. And um, it will just push push us um, as a country from, from strength to strength. It's obviously fantastic for the individual um, to be exposed to those tournaments. Joss Butler talking with Scott Taylor. Joss Butler will be playing all six matches, uh, unlike the likes of uh, Joffrey Archer, Sam Curran and also Ben Stokes. Uh, Manners, you know, there are certain players that are almost uh, more popular outside of the country that they play for 
Um, I think A.B. de Villiers is, is one of those. I'm not saying that A.B. de Villiers isn't popular in South Africa. I'm just saying that there are some players that kind of transcend their own uh, team. Um, do you feel Josh Butler's one of those? Wherever you go in the world, it seems that people want to see him play. I love it. I absolutely, totally agree with you. And A.B. de Villiers is a brilliant uh, example because he divides opinion here. Um, and, you know, wherever you go in the world, uh, you, you, you're not going to go... You, what you, all you experience is people saying, you what? People <laughs> doubt him? You, you yeah. what? Um, and you're absolutely right, you know. Um, and, and also, wherever I've been around the world, I've never heard anybody say, yeah, Joss Butler, a bit overrated. But you get to England, and um, I mean, I, I'm not saying that he divides opinion in the same no, way that I, I think he does. does. No, uh, yeah, does probably, he really? Probably quite, not quite as much as AB, no. But he does divide opinion. I think you're right. That's that's amazing. I I I don't know why that is. I mean, I'm an absolute absolute fan of uh, of Joss Butler, and I think he's um, he's he's the X factor. And I think I honestly think he should probably be allowed to bat wherever he wants to in the T20 team. Quinton de Kock um, is an, another. I mean, he's a he's a man of of few words. He's never been accused of overthinking anything <laughs> in his life um, at any Unlike level. Unlike you, Manners. <laughs> well, it doesn't last long. But no, I mean, he's a sublime talent. And it is, it's a real delight to hear what, uh, what Joss had to say about Quinton de Kock. He had a, he had a very, very good IPL. Um, and it's kind of weird that he sort of, you know, he made lots of 30s and 40s, only uh, two or three 50s. But he was very, very consistent, as almost 500 runs would suggest, but he did kind of fly under the radar, didn't he? I mean, it wasn't like he ever made 120 off 60 balls. Uh, you mentioned Joss Butler talking about Quinton de Kock. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, no, I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's um, got an excellent cricket brain. I like the way he sort of looks at the game and the way he takes it on. And, and yeah, he's probably one of my favourite players in the world at the moment. Um, you know, having played against him, he's incredibly difficult to keep quiet with the bat. Um, I enjoy his wicket keeping style as well. I think he's a fantastic wicket keeper. So he's a he's a brilliant player, um, and he'll be a, a real danger man for for South Africa looking ahead to this trip. He is a he's he is a real talent. Here's a question for you then: T Twenty cricket, as things stand, who would you rather have, Quinton de Kock or Joss Butler? Oh, uh, it's, it's a good uh, question, I, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. Um, well, I tell you what, um, well, across across you, all three formats, then. T20, ODI, tests, Who's your, who do you have? Butler or Quinton de Kock in each format? Quinton de Kock because of his test record. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, his, I mean, he's got he's a very, very fine test batsman. He averages 40. And uh, Joss is a little more inconsistent, although, although I think Joss's average isn't reflective of the importance that uh, he's provided the team in test matches. But you know what? In white ball cricket, I'd have Quinton de Kock opening and I'd, and keeping, and I'd have. Yeah, I'd ask just about at five. <laughs> ah, get out! All right, I'll take that. Um, listen, we're going to get plenty of uh, of Neil Manthorpe over the next two and a half weeks. But we did hear Scott Taylor asking Joss about Joss Butler about coming up against the likes of Kagiso Rabada and uh, Heinrich Nokia, who, of course, we uh, we got to know so well at the start of the year, but. What about some of the players that uh, TalkSport 2 listeners may not be quite so familiar with that might come to the fore in this T20 and ODI series? 
is an opener called Yanaman Malan, who hits the ball beautifully. Um, Kyle Verena, who is ostensibly Quinton de Kock's understudy as keeper, uh, but bats at, at, at four or five. Um, he's a sublime talent. Not sure if he'll get a chance. You won't see Fuff Duplessis in the one day as he's going to play the T20s only. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, um, the, the, I'd go, go with those two. Yanaman Milan. So is um, Milan, is he related to uh, Peter Milan? He is. He's the younger brother. There are three Milan brothers, actually, all of whom play first-class cricket. But 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 Yanaman is uh, the 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 opposite, polar opposite of Peter, who's happy to make ten off ninety balls, mm. whereas Yanaman might make ninety off ten. Yeah. Well, we were at Cape Town, weren't we? And uh, Peter made. I think there was two boundaries in his 130 ball stay or something. Maybe even went over 200 balls. Anyway, uh, it was a fine innings for uh, for eighty odd. Uh, who was that other guy? who sounded like sounded like oh, Macarena. <laughs> Kyle Verena. There you go. He's, um, I'm he's doing a, the Barmy Army's work for them there. <laughs> yeah, he's a redhead and he's a he's a pocket battleship. He's not much to look at physically, but um, yeah, really, really good ball striker. Good pacer of an innings. And I know that they're keen. Spoke to Graham Smith, the director of Crete, the other day, and he's very keen to uh, to to expand, broaden the base of the squad. And he actually said, if we can create a squad like England's he said you look at them they brought over 24 players and it's hard to see a weak link you know they what they've done brilliantly in the last three or four years is expand their their base of international players and that's what South Africa are trying to do during this series brilliant stuff well look uh, Manners you're going to be part and parcel of Talk Sport 2's uh, live and exclusive coverage of the South Africa series against England providing reports throughout on Talk Sport won't be part of the commentary team unfortunately but uh, it's a little bit more difficult to fly uh, than it was uh, when we were last uh, united but uh, thanks for your time today uh, you will be back uh, but very much looking forward to this series yeah me too chat soon that's uh, Neil Manthorpe. But there, um, you're listening to TalkSport 2. This is uh, following on. Please subscribe to the following on podcast for daily updates and download the TalkSport app to listen to the live action from South Africa. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June 
which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Here is uh, John Josh Smutson again, and Jason Roy goes, the yes. biggest one of all. Yes. Roy's bowled him, he's on the hat-trick. Jordan's got straight through, driven oh. down the ground by the clock, straight back over the bowler's head, onto the side screen for six more. Runs away from us, up to the crease now, bowls. Oh, bowled him! He's bowled him! Here comes Tom Curran, last ball of the game, and it's paddle swept, and down towards short fine leg, caught by Adel Rashid, and England have won the game by two runs. You're listening to Following On on TalkSport 2. I'm John Norman. And for the next three weeks, we'll be bringing you a daily cricket show every weekday throughout England's tour of South Africa. So subscribe to the Following On podcast and download the TalkSport app once the cricket gets back underway. One of the uh, the main men, um, part of the TalkSport 2 cricket commentary team. What a fellow. Brilliant commentator and a great tourist as well is uh, Steve Harmison joins us now. Steve, I tell you what, mate, I'm already trying to work out whether what games Butch can do because he's in Pakistan and he's got to do a 14-day quarantine when he gets back from the PSL. And then I get a text from you saying you've got a sore throat and you're off to the doctors. But rejoice, it's not COVID, it's tonsillitis. Yeah, tonsillitis, which is... it's not As long as I don't break into song, we'll be fine. But it's... Uh, now, I was panicking for a little bit, but I'm, uh, fingers crossed everything should be all right. And I can't wait for the series. I think it's going to be a, a fascinating series against two two sides who would probably, you'd, you'd think, to get the latter stages of the uh, the T20 World Cup, if it had happened. Um, and some exciting talent, especially in the bowling department. Rabada, Nakia, Nagidi, we've seen all three of them bowl, especially Nagidi come into the back of the IPL. Um, and the bowl fantastically well against the likes of you know Archer, Wood, Jordan, Stokes. Um, but you know, from the bowling point of view, it's going to be fireworks. And Quentin de Kock against England's England's you know Jason Roy or Jeb, Johnny Bestop. I don't think it gets any better than that. No, absolutely. Well, look, you mentioned um, the fast bowling. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Joffrey Archer, Joss Butler um, has been speaking about him in the build-up to the first T20. Yeah, his, his cricket was going pretty well. Um, so he was uh, yeah, bowling fantastically well and um, you know, smacking him out of the park. So he had a, a, but like I say, he's been someone who's spent, you know, he's probably one who spent the most days in, in a lockdown situation over um, the last six months or so. Um, so, uh, you know, for any young man, it, it's tough, you know, at times to, you want to especially spend time with your family and, and get away from the game occasionally. So um, I think this little break um, before uh, the South Africa tour will have been great for him. I know he had some family come out and join him in the IPL, which was a big plus as well. Um, and of course, he's just doing the T20s, so he can get a bit more of a, a break after after that, um, leading into lots of uh, cricket in the new year. 
Uh, Geoffrey Archer, of course, missed a lot. They missed the series, didn't he? At the start of the year, he picked up that injury when we were on duty in uh, where was the fourth Test match? The Wanderers. When Wanderers, he uh, yeah. he had a he, well, he was very upset before the start of the match. Um, look, we saw the very very best of Geoffrey Archer playing for Rajasthan Royals, despite them finishing bottom of the table. He was given the most value, valuable player award. That says something, doesn't it? But, um, you know, what do England have to do to make sure, bearing in mind he's a World Cup winner with England, by the way, but what do they have to do to make sure they get the best out of him as well? Um, I think the IPL was uh, was a, a good good gauge on how Joffre Archer seems to like the white ball game. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying he doesn't like the red ball game. I'm just saying he seems to be more suited, more at ease and, and happier. And... Probably more used to being in that that sort of franchise system where you know he enjoys playing the the, the four overs. Yeah, he, he he enjoys going out in the at the back end when he you know hitting. Yeah, he hit, I think he had ten sixes. I think he had ten sixes. That's two sixes less than Virat Kohli did in that IPL tournament. So he was handy with the bat as well. And he's somebody who yeah he just he just seems to revel in the franchise stuff. Whether there's pressure put on himself whether there's pressure he feels that he, he can't get away from when he p- pulls the three lines on I'm not actually actually sure Josh Butler said there he's only there for the 2020 so he's not there for too long whether they we're going to see the best out of him just dipping in dipping out um, and maybe it's the pressure of not having any test matches on a tour will will work in his favour because it just seems whenever there's a a, a red ball section added onto it onto the tour it seems to affect his either confidence or his demeanor so we'll see we'll see it's 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 one of them time will tell moments you know we'll see by the end of probably march april time whether joss butler i mean joffre archer is somebody who just revels in the 2020 or the white ball side of it or when he goes to india wherever that series is when there's see if there's any difference of him in confidence after having this great ipl that he transforms it into every format when he plays for england i tell you what you mentioned jo- uh, joss butler then um, I asked this question to Neil Manthorpe earlier on in the show, Harmy, because we were talking about Quinton de Kock, mm. both wicketkeeper batsmen. Joss Butler saying that Quinton de Kock is one of his favourite players to watch. Um, and I asked Manners a question. OK, who would you rather have in your side? Quinton de Kock or Joss Butler in the three formats? Which one would you go for? Um, oh, it's a difficult one. I would, I would like to say, I would say Joss Butler. I really would, and you know how critical I've been of his red ball, red ball game. Um, I actually think you can get more out of Joss Butler. I think there's a more all-round game in Joss Butler than there is in in Quentin de Kock, and I think we've seen glimpses of it in the Test matches. The problem I've got with England and with probably Rajasthan with Joss Butler is find a place for him, stick to it, and give him a full run in it, and that's the difference between Joss Butler and Quentin de Kock. Quentin de Kock in white ball cricket goes out first he's got a clarity of plan, he goes out there and he hits the ball. Bang, there you go. Number one for Red for, for Mumbai, very successful side. Number one for um, South Africa, very successful side in the short format. And then at number five or number six, wherever he bats for South Africa, he, he seems to have this counteractive um, game plan. And that is, that is a simple way 
for Quentin de Kock to look at his game. We've seen Josh Butler. You know, I mentioned it during the IPL review show. Is whoever thought Josh Butler was a number five in 2020 cricket once they're once they're head red. And I think he's gone up and down in the order of, of England. He's gone wicketkeeper, non-wicketkeeper. I just think Josh Butler needs a, a role in his side to define what Josh Butler can do and leave him there. And I think from a, a, a point of view, from England's point of view in 2020 cricket, it should be batting at, batting at number four, no lower, and it should be batting at number, number seven in test match cricket and leave him for a long period of time. And I think you will see the, the results that Quentin de Kock can get in for South Africa and for, for Mumbai Indians. So you, you talk about de Kock, Yes, I, I, he's a fantastic player. I think actually Josh Butler's got a more of an all-round game than than Quentin de Kock, and I think that's why I'd probably just punt for him for for Josh. Uh, let's concentrate on the T Twenties. Owen Morgan, of course, the only remaining player who played in the two thousand and ten T Twenty World Cup triumph. The focus is going to be very much on the twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two versions of that tournament. Uh, Full-strength England side for the first three T20s before a couple of the players uh, come home. You wouldn't bet against Morgan going 1-2, going would you? Two, 2019, 50 over World Cup and 2021 T20 World Cup. Um, although with the T22, the 2022 uh, T20 World Cup being hosted in Australia, would you favour England's fortunes in that tournament rather than one that's going to be taking place in India. Yeah, I'd, I'd pack them in Australia over over India, but I still think the best team will will come out. I think if you if you look, we've mentioned the Mumbai Indians. If you took the Mumbai Indians and played them in India, they'd win the IPL. You take them to Abu Dhabi, which you've got a little bit more juice in the wickets. You go, you'd, you'd back Mumbai to win it. You know, obviously they won it over there. You listen to some of the experts talking. They think, well, if you put Mumbai Indians in the T20 World Cup, they'd win it wherever they play. So I think the best team will will come out. I think England have got arguably one of the best. T20 teams going or white ball teams going so I don't think it really matters where you play the, the competition especially if you if you look at the likes of if you go down the the, the England team Bestow, Stokes, Morgan, Butler Moen Ali had a little bit, Archer Jordan, you'd think you know, they've all performed quite well in in IPLs, especially in the subcontinent, obviously in, 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 in India or in Abu Dhabi, so or in the UAE. So I think England will, will fancy themselves where I think it's just an element of luck. I think an element of luck going their way, the rubber, the green, going their way, give them a, the best shot at winning the, uh, the T20 World Cup. I don't think there's a team in the world in international cricket as good as the difference between Mumbai Indians, because if we go off the, off the gauge of the IPL, as good as the Mumbai Indians to the rest of the, to the other seven teams in that, there's a class above from them to Delhi to, to everybody else. I actually think there's probably three or four teams, you know, Australia, South Africa, India, England, who are very, very similar in ability when it comes to it. And I think it's whoever handles a big occasion, whether it's played behind closed doors or played in front of a crowd, and gets that element of luck to whether they can get over the line in the uh, the 2020 you know, knockout stages. England have got a great chance. When you look at the side they've got now, you know, Roy, Besto, Milan, Stokes, Morgan, Butler, that's as good a top six as you'll find in world cricket, especially at the shortest format of the game. And if you've got Archer, Jordan, Wood... I tell you what, that's not that's not a bad back when it comes to when it comes to the bowling department as well from seam bowlers. I think England have got a very very good all round side. 
Okay, then Joss Butler was asked the question, what are England trying to get out of this series? He answered, well, they're trying to win the series. But what are they really? It's about it's about players 10 and 11, isn't it? It's about players like Tom Curran, Reese Topley, uh, Chris Jordan. It's those kind of players, isn't it, coming to the fore and just bolstering what is, as you say, an already very strong-looking first 11. I think it's just getting a game plan, a game plan of who fits in what role and where it goes. I'm intrigued to see where Butler fits in this and Stokes fit in. You've got Roy and Bairstow going to go in first. Milan's got the best... T20, T20 average in in the last, I don't know, have them, however many games. But again, you look at Milan and you think, well, is, is Milan going to feature? And, and that sounds ridiculous because of the way David Milan's played over the last two years in, in, in the white ball format, in 2020 format. But when you're in the subcontinent, and especially when you're going to play this World Cup in, in India or in the UAE, if it has to be in the UAE, you're thinking, well, Stokes, in theory, has got to go in three and Butler's got to go in four. If that, that's the case, then does Milan's role change? Does Milan's place come up in jeopardy? Because then Morgan then would have to come in five. So you're looking at somebody to come in six. Now, is David Milan that, that player? So I think they've got to find a clarity of role, like I mentioned before with Decock and Butler. Who's going to bat where, at what period, and what time? Is Milan going to be as simple as, if we lose a wicket early in the first two or three overs, you go in and steady the ship, we bat round you, like what England Joe Root did a couple of years ago to get England to the final when we lost against the West Indies? Or are England just going to go all guns blazing the way Morgan wants to play, and we're just going to keep swinging? We've got the batsmen to keep swinging. Roy, Fairstow, Stokes... Butler, Morgan, and then Milan, then uh, uh, Ali, then Archer, then Jordan. And, you know, the, the the world's your oyster. Off you go. Just keep swinging and we'll bat 20 overs and keep swinging and hopefully we'll get 200. So I think it's more of a game plan than finding players. There's probably only one spot, I would say, that's up for grabs. And that's the one at number 11 with a bowling spot. Is Wood a shoe-in or you're looking at Tom Curran, Sam Sam Curran or Reese Topley? to fit in that number 11 spot, to bowl in with the, the brand-new white ball, to go with the likes of Jordan and Archer, who I think are, are, are probably shoe-ins to play in England's best 2020 team. So I think it's more game plan than actually players that are going to fit in the side to then take it to the next level of right with the two 2020 World Cups over the course of the next 18 months. This is this is more or less what we've got as a team. This is how we're going to set up. This is how we're going to hit the first uh, six overs. This is then what we're going to do if things go well or if things don't go so well. And we, we look to have... This this many people in the bank for the last three 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 to five overs to get us a score of around two hundred, which will be competitive in every game we play. Brilliant stuff, Harmy. I love the start of a tournament, whether it's a test, T Twenty, or ODI. So many questions, and I can't wait to find out the answers. Um, Steve Harmison will be part of our commentary lineup. Three. T20s, three ODIs between South Africa and uh, England starting November 27th. But the following on uh, podcast and show uh, will be broadcast uh, every single day. Weekdays on TS2 and uh, every day um, uh, if you are a subscriber. If not, please do so. Subscribe to the following on podcast on Spotify, Acast uh, or Apple Podcasts for daily updates. And don't forget, if you're out on the move, download the TalkSport app. And you can listen to the live action wherever you are. Uh, That's pretty much it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow, though. Uh, You've been listening to Following On. 
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 